the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. And that, my friends, who are watching us live at youtube.com slash cover three, that is our St. Jude's auction winner, Wade. Thank you so much. He won the bid to be able to be on a big 12 win totals pod. And right now, we've got another auction going on right now. If you would like to be on the ACC win totals pod for August 2nd, we're going to include the link within this podcast description if you're listening and in this podcast des- description on YouTube. So go and check that out. If you would like to be uh, on our spot here in the Wade spot. Okay, you're the first one that have been part of the Win Totals episode. So say, sounds like I'm coming back because that's the one I want to be on. That's so. right. Because, and as we were talking <laughs> right before we got started, uh, and we've got uh, he, Wade's best big 12 Win Totals pick will be coming up in just a little bit. But Wade, you are a a Louisville Cardinals fan, double graduate. Is that right? No, no. So Western Kentucky undergrad, and I uh, love my toppers. So it's but... all Jeff Brom. We're just we're just yeah. all like following Dude, the path. Absolutely, absolutely, man. It was it was awesome when he came to Western Kentucky because it was the year after basically Willie Taggart built up the roster, and then Brom just annihilated Conference USA for two years, and uh, just you know. We've always said with him, like, he could switch sidelines and win with your players. And so uh, we are super excited to have him back. It was very fortuitous when the news broke that Satterfield decided to jump to Cincy. And pretty much everybody knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I mean, a little inside pool from us. uh, We all kind of thought Brom might have avoided it the first go around because Bobby Petrino tends to leave a roster in a crater. And Mm -hmm. so. You don't say. Falcons fans. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of nice to have Satterfield come in, uh, get it back where we have, you know, not 25 wide receivers and just five offensive linemen. And, uh, you know, we had a hell of a recruiting class this last cycle. And he's brought in, I think, 20 transfers. And so the Louisville fan base is ready to go. We uh, are quite confident that we are going to win a lot of games this year. Uh, so I talked to Brom yesterday. I, I had never interviewed Jeff, I mean, I, I thought I think he does a really good job. And I asked him a question. I wasn't sure like how he'd answer it. And I was like, "Hey, uh, 
not to, to disrespect your opponents, but I mean, all the computer metrics have you guys as the easiest schedule in the ACC and by a lot. Like, how much pressure is there on you to win immediately? A ton. It's very important we get off off to a hot start, right? It helps us in, in recruiting. It helps to establish a culture of winning. He's like, my job is to win football games. And yep. we have a great opportunity. Like, we don't disrespect our opponents. We have a great opportunity in front of us. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I figured he'd give me some not like, hey, well, everybody we play is great. And he's just like, no, we, we, we need to run this thing. Yeah. No. And I mean, you know, no Clemson, no Florida State. No North Carolina, even though I'm, I'm not as afraid of North Carolina as some. Um, you, you know, never want to have to play Drake May, though. Like, no, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. And I mean, dude, you know, uh, we we uh, not only love the win total that we got already. Um, you know, there might be some action on to win the ACC as well. But I know it's the Big Twelve pot, so you know, well, I can I, talk I, more, more about myself, more about Louisville, whatever you want. Well, what's so before uh, we'll do one more on this one because. Uh, I loved Brom yesterday was talking about, you know, for, for everything about being Louisville's native son and all the excitement, he feels pressure not to let them down. Right. Like he doesn't want to disappoint his family. I mean, it's, and the expectations are super high. Um, It's awesome. I I know you are, you're going to be in for an awesome season. So Wade, what is your Saturday? Like, like, how do you enjoy taking it? It's, Say Louisville, you mentioned you've got season tickets. Uh, Louisville's playing away. How are you building out your college football Saturday? How sick does it get when you're trying to take in uh, a full slate? So uh, there's one thing is that is very beneficial to my marriage is I don't really watch the NFL. So it is known that the Saturday in the fall is sacred. I've got the 70-inch, 65, 70-inch TV with 255s above it and um, try to just watch as many games as possible. We'll try to build an away trip in every year. Uh, we were in Death Valley for Lamar versus Deshaun. And, Me too. Uh, oh, the game was we, incredible. Yeah. We won't talk about the spin rather than the dive from James Quick. But other than that, uh, dude, just awesome experience. Uh, we paid more for our tailgating spot than we did the uh, actual tickets. We were, like, right with the stadium behind us and, like, the RV lot. It was awesome. It was a great day. Uh, but, yeah, just try to, you know – line out the bets that I want for the noon session and then, you know, make sure those games are on and which ones are going to be bounced back. And then as noon goes on, see how we're doing and what we want to roll over on, but just try to, you know, build it out for here. Are the noons I want to watch the three thirties. And then, you know, life does have to go on. So there's sometimes where you have to sacrifice a morning or an evening, but make sure you're seeing our game. And then, you know, whatever the marquee matchups are that uh, are big. And then, of course, the Cover Three podcast Saturday night. No, 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 no. you don't have to stay up with this. No, no, that that that's on. That is on. As I was telling you, that is on Monday morning uh, on the way into work um, because I'm too busy. Like, dude, one of the best nights last football season was that USC Utah game, and uh, live lining Utah every time they fell behind because it was like, dude. So. Uh, I did not coin this term, and it's it's a little inappropriate. It's not vulgar. But the term tragic magic uh, and like, dude, Utah had that uh, player that passed away on the helmet. Oh, yeah. And dude, I, my buddies and I are sitting there texting each other like, you know, it's midnight at this point because they can't stop scoring. That game took forever. And we're just like, dude, Utah is not losing this game. And that beast of a tight end could not be tackled by the midgets that uh, Grinch has on his defense. So, uh, you know, it was like, dude, they're just not going to lose. And it was awesome. It was it was so much fun. So 
they're not losing with the 22 on the helmet. That, like just yeah. like as a principal play, matching yep. that line line. Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic approach. Um, not to jinx this, can, can, can we just comment on how nice the Wi-Fi is? Like, like we always are so super sketched to have have guests on. Like, I don't know if Wade did Zoom on trial, like like with, back during yeah, COVID yeah. Trial so like that, but bro, your, the, your Wi-Fi setup is better than some like head coaches inside their athletic departments. This is yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. So uh, one of the like nice things to come out of COVID was Zoom and doing depositions, and you know we don't ever do trial through Zoom or anything, right. but. Uh, it's dude, it's given me so many hours of my life back. And normally if I had to travel to take a expert deposition, um, now it's zoom. So we made sure, uh, and my law partner, her husband is a techie. And so credit to her, we've got the Google mesh and it never fails. Like it is one of the most important things in the office is the Wi-Fi and the mesh. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bud and I are on ACC Media Days hotel Wi-Fi, so he totally. Oh no! Jinxed I got away from that thing. I'm I'm, okay. I'm back at the courtyard Sa- saving CBS money, Chip. I'm not paying special <laughs> media rate for like the jacked up Western rate. I'm, I'm at the courtyard. Now, question: Did you have the extra monitor shipped in again, or are you just rolling with one? We no, tried so to actually, Instacart uh, a belt. <laughs> yeah, we did try to Instacart a belt. Chip forgot a belt, uh, so he almost <laughs> borrowed my belt. Um, and uh, so actually. Uh, and we will get to Big 12 stuff, I, I know, because uh, although this is kind of good because like Tom's going to be here in like 20 minutes. So cool. Uh, this is I called, can riff for as long as you need. No, no free ads. But uh, my wife bought this for me. She's like, I don't know if this will work, but it is really cool. It kind of it actually it wraps around your laptop and then there's a monitor here and a monitor here. So it's like super lightweight, fits into carry on. Um, if somebody from this company is watching this, like no free ads, I will endorse this product if you guys want to sponsor. <laughs> so. All right. Well, let's. I right, this the the premise was Wade was going to bring us a Big Twelve win total right, okay. lock. Right. Let's 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 hear it. what what do you got your eyes on right now? All right. So, do I have to go by the people that pay you the money and their number, or can I go by a number? That oh, I you have? can choose another. I, and right, like the you prices, can choose another book. Yeah, the right. price. It's got to be like a U.S. domestic uh, book that like actually. Oh yeah. Like, no, I mean it like is no, no no red bet forty four eleven. You know. Can I tell you the? I, I don't know if I want to tell you the site because I don't want people to start juicing it up. Um, but Kansas State on FanDuel is minus, or sorry, is seven and a half, not eight and a half. And I, that was mind-boggling to me, and that is where I'm putting my money. And I, I love, I love that win total because numerous reasons. Number one, I think you know, I know Sonny Dykes went to the championship last year, but I still think Kleeman's the best uh, coach in the Big Twelve, and I think he runs a program that's quarterback-proof. Um, I think that's been seen the last two two seasons where the starter went down each season and the kid who's now going to be the starter, uh, you know, he's already started 15 games, I think. Um, so anyway, uh, I like that. And then do just the schedule. I have the schedule up on my other monitor and um, I cannot see this team starting anything other than four. zero. I mean, I know Missouri's an sec school, but I don't care if that game's at Missouri or on the moon, Kansas state's going to beat them. Then they get Central Florida at home by week. And so then I'm looking at 4-0 going into, you know, the rest of the Big 12 season. All I need them to do is go 4-4, four and four, like cash it. I, I, I love that win total. So you were getting right, it start. at seven and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's juiced. I mean, I think it was minus 180, but yeah. I'll pay that because, you know, it's not half a game. It's a full game. Wait, Caesars actually has minus 65 on seven. And well, a half. there we go. Look at that, man. Sa- yeah. Save you 15 cents. Absolutely. Uh, 
I, I am very slightly over here. Like for me, it's not like a hugely bettable edge, but I think there's like some edge. You know, when I when I bet season win totals, it's like, do I really want to tie up my money for four months or, or six months or, you know, however long it's going to take, depending on on when you bet. I, I do agree they should beat Missouri on the road, but I don't know that it's a Missouri plays good enough defense. And last year, Kansas State beat them like crazy, but that was like a big time turnover game. I think that Missouri had three turnovers inside of its own 30 or, or I'm trying to remember. I don't I don't remember every player every game, but like it's you know, there's a bunch of turnovers in their own end. Uh they they are only a four road game Big 12 team. Um I don't like that they get Iowa State to end the year. I would prefer to play, and we'll get to this, but I would prefer to play Iowa State early in the year, preferably in the first third of the year, most likely. Uh, the roadies if are some players are missing four games, maybe I don't know, correct. hypothetically in a yeah, hypothetical world. Guys they decided not to bring to Big 12 Media Day kind of conspicuously. Yeah. Uh, like at Kansas is not a difficult road game. At Texas, actually, I think might really be a Texas real deal. Heck, Lubbock is yeah, no, a, I mean, a tough trip. And I'm looking at that one as just call it an L, and I'm still feeling fine. Yeah. I, I think I, there's only one certified loss. It's just like a lot of this conference. You're just looking at, a, like, let's see, I've got my toss ups uh, at Missouri, at Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor at home. Like, those are all going to be games where no one's favored by more than what? seven points against each other yeah i i have a couple questions about this team if we want to nitpick the pick yeah let's yeah absolutely okay so like i like will howard but it does concern me a little bit that the coaching staff kept going back to adrian martinez so like what did they see in the kid that they weren't ready to go all in i'm not sure that they are good at receiver i mean you lose malik Knowles, you lose warner um I, they lost a couple important pieces. Deuce Vaughn actually caught a ton of passes. He had 70 targets, I think, last year as a running back, which is, I mean, that's basically a, a number two receiver on on any non-tempo team. And then I don't know that they have, like, I don't think they have difference makers on the D-line. I think they'll be good. They're always well coached. But last year, like, some of the dudes they had were really difficult to block. And I could see a thing where they're they're simply well coached, but they don't have guys winning one on one battles at the same rate uh, at which they won one on ones. And then the secondary, I, I actually trust them on this, but God, they lost a lot. Like Brents was a really good athlete, and, you know Hayes. I mean, they lost what their top four guys in secondary and a, a good number of backups. So I, I could see like what if the young quarterback struggles a little bit and the defense drops from like a top twenty five defense to more like a top top thirty five, top forty you know, power rated type defense. I, I could see like a seven and five downside here, but I do. Try oh, I can't see that. I was like, okay, my, yeah, I'm, I'm on the over. And then I even started to spin it forward. Like if the market moves and this thing jumps to eight, are you still there? And I think eight and four is where this thing lands, but seven and five seems le- seven and five seems least less likely than nine and three does to me. So like, I'm wait, I'm with you at seven and a half sky and over. And then even if this thing happens yeah. to move to eight and you, or at whatever book you're at, you see it at eight, I still think you've got a little bit of push insurance in your back pocket right there. Well, for me too, it's just, you know, like I do understand like it's eight starters back on the offense, the off, like the entire offensive line returns. I feel like they're one of the only teams in the Big 12 that can actually just like lean on you. Um, yeah. Where uh, I do understand the defense is having to replace a lot, and they had that dude that was all-world on the edge. Um, but then I was looking at the schedule, and I'm like, who's really going to take advantage of that? You know, Texas, 
I feel like Texas Tech is the second most talented team in the Big 12, um, even ahead of Oklahoma. So I don't like that they're at Texas Tech. Um, but then after that, I'm like, you know, I think Houston's going to be a dumpster fire. Uh, even if Iowa State gets those dudes back, the game's in Manhattan. That scares me a lot less than being on the road. Um, and then, yeah, like Kansas, I mean, that might as well be in a parking lot. You know, they they do have uh, they do have kind of an early buy. It's after the UCF game on September. Like they're they're off the week of September 30th. And then I think that's a short rest game. Is that a Friday night game in Oklahoma State? Yep. And then at Texas Tech, so you do get the extra rest, day of rest before you go to Lubbock, back-to-back roadies. Like Oak State, Texas Tech, TCU, Houston, Texas, Baylor at Kansas is and in Iowa State. Like that is kind of a tough finish if you're a top, if you play at like a top 25 or top 20 level, that's pretty hard. If you are like a last year, they played at like a top 10 level, power rating wise, even after Bama stomped them. That's not that hard. So it kind of, I mean, look, no duh statement here. How well they do will depend on how good of a team they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it's sort of one of those like Georgia's schedule is not hard for a natty contender. It's pretty hard if you're like just a, a good. Yeah. No. Nah. Wait, do you want to hang out and do the rest of the Big Twelve? Sure. Do you have time? Oh, dude, I've looked at them all, and uh, <laughs> all I, right. If I log off, all I'm going to do is all I'm going to do is listen to it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we let's because I was thinking about it. We were planning to do Kansas State first. We're kind of off and rolling. Sounds like we cool. got two strong overs and uh, and Bud slightly lean to the over. Dadgummit, we got more Big 12 teams to go. So that means we will turn our attention to TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, and the rest of the Big 12 OGs. Big 12 win totals. Wade jumping on board. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, Wade won the eBay auction for St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital to be able to join us. He is hanging out to pick the Big 12. There is a link in this episode description if you would like to do the same thing on August 2nd for the ACC. And we just sort of jumped into it, but we cannot let an episode go without hearing from the general manager of Vanderbilt football. No. So I know, I know it was about Louisville season. I, what I won't do, Wade, is I won't read the scores of the last <laughs> That's when it gets really sad. So let's do it. As much as I think it's the, the under Count is a safe up. play, like I can't even. Count them up. Count them up. How many kids are going to win this fall? I can't fathom it wins. How many kids are going to win this fall? I just can't. 
I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's, it's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. I mean, no man has ever been more right in his life. So that's called nailing it. I mean, yeah, that was, that yeah. was incredible. I was, I, I just, I remain truly amazed at the, how bad it went. Cause there's also the, against the spread number where like oh, their yeah. margin of victories were all like 20 to 50 points, oh, yeah. but even they, no, dude, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally the first time in my life I bet it against my team. I mean, it just it, it got to a point where we all knew it was just like, dude, it doesn't matter where they put the line. Everybody's quit. Everyone here knows they quit. We might as well. We might as well make our season ticket money back. Let's go. All right, I should do geez. like a draft one day of like dumpster fire disasters. And how many of the top picks would be like Bobby Trino seasons or Todd Graham seasons? <laughs> right. Yeah, like, it, it'd, it'd be. Yeah. Pretty yeah. high up there. Yeah. All right. Or uh, or maybe a team that could have you know competed for the Big Twelve going five and seven because they were tired of their coach. Then all of a sudden, Sonny Dykes comes in and hello, we're in the college football playoff. All right, the TCU Horn Frogs. They also have a win total at Caesar Sportsbook of seven and a half. Open the season with Colorado at home. Coach Prime come to town. Then Nichols. Then at Houston, SMU in the rivalry game. Uh, West Virginia at Iowa State. BYU at home at Kansas State. If you are, did not do the counting as I was speaking, those are eight games without an off week. They hit the off week on October 28th, return to action at Texas Tech, Texas at home, Baylor at home at Oklahoma. Kind of a tough conclusion as well. Uh, offense lost everything in terms of production. We do have Chandler Morris, the player who famously beat out an eventual Heisman Trophy finalist if in camp. So he comes in. A lot of a uh, couple of Alabama transfers. Trey Sanders is in there. JoJo Earl is in there. Um, you're really relying on the portal to restock the skill positions. And a little bit sneaky here, defense does bring back a lot. And Joe Gillespie did a really good job with that defense last year, another year in the system. We'll see if that ends up being an important part of their success. So, Bud, I'll let you get first word here. What are you doing with TCU at seven and a half? I am going to go over here as well. Uh, slight. I mean, I'm not way over on this, but I, I do think this team has a lot of really good players, especially in the secondary who are back. I think they're you know pretty good at linebacker. Uh, my main concern is defensive line. I'm not sure they have a whole lot of difference makers there. I, I thought Diabreu, the transfer they took from East Carolina, was actually pretty pretty decent player o-line like steve avila was a really good player and got drafted and this team lost five top 125 draft picks like that's that's a lot and eight overall and you know if you're a georgia you're like oh, that's kind of a down year but if you are tcu that's like okay like losing eight draft picks is uh is probably one of the high marks in their program if not the high mark i, I would have to have to guess i i do think they're probably better at receiver than people think and like i i think that Sonny and Kendall Bryles know how to coach offense. They know what they're looking for at those positions, and I would expect this team to continue to score. Uh, the schedule also is one fascinating open opening week game against Colorado, to be honest, because they both run the same offense. The, the stuff that, that Sean Lewis is running at Colorado is the same stuff Kendall's running at TCU. So, like, TCU and, and Colorado, like, how will they defend that? I, I do think, obviously, you know, TCU will win that ballgame. I feel really good about them getting four out of these five. Colorado, Nickel State, SMU, West Virginia, BYU, all at home. If they get four of those, then they need to get and maybe four and one in that stretch. Five and oh is certainly very possible as well. 
Like at Houston, I, I do think they're a better team than Houston. At Iowa State, I think they're better than Iowa State. You know, at Kansas State, that's a tough one. At Texas Tech, that's tough. Texas Baylor, like that, that, and then at, at Oklahoma. This, the stretch here is really hard to finish. I mean, they, they're going to need to stay healthy because if they get banged, you could also finish 0 5, right? Um, but I'm going to go very slightly over. I, I do trust the staff. I think that they're really well coached. Yeah. I mean, when I was looking at this one, for me, it was just a complete stay away the whole time because I was like, dude, TCU, like the variance could be just so wide. Um, not as wide as Colorado. Um, I don't think they'll bottom out because the beginning of their schedule is so easy. Like, but it's wild to think you could have a win total ticket in your hand and you start out seven or no and you're like, oh hell, this this still might go south on me. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, I would and, and as a somebody who's endorsing Kansas State, I like that they're on the back end of a very long stretch without a buy. Uh, so I think they definitely lose that game. So I think they start at best six and one. But I mean, they're going to be favored in all those games. Uh, but I mean, dude, like for me, it really is. It's seven and five or it's eight and four. I don't think there's really anything else that happens. And I wouldn't touch that. I mean, if you make me put a bet on it, I would bet over just because, you know, I could see him winning Baylor. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't touch it. Of their toss up games. They do have some key ones that are going to be at home. Um, I, I'm over on this one as well. And I've I've even like tried to push myself to if this move to eight, would you still be over? Because I I don't know. I it would be um incredibly disappointing for everything that we saw from Sonny Dykes, from the staff, um, from Coach Kaz, the support staff, like the pieces that he has put in place to change the vibes in that building and around that program. Like I, I think that even when you lower your expectations, you still have to, you know, give Sonny Dykes the opportunity to be able to go and exceed them again. So I'm, I'm over on this one. I don't see uh, a major, um, like a major step back to where they're going six and six or seven and five. I, th- I think that this is an eight and four team for sure. And then if they can, you know, uh, they won a lot of one score games last year. So what does that mean? Does that I was going to say, like, when you're analyzing this, when you look at a team where, I mean, it's like, could did they just max out all their luck? And, like, yeah. every good break that they could get, they got, right? I mean, how many QBs did they knock out? But, yeah, the, the knocking out QBs is one thing. But I do, on some level... Uh, try to address the the you know the human aspect of like the reason why they are winning it in one score games is because of some level of overall team composure and focus and like resiliency to where you're not gonna be you know slipping missing the assignment on that huge pressure packed third down midway through the fourth quarter that's gonna often end up deciding the game like that I think that TCU might have gotten so much better at the margins that that's got to be something we've got to take into consideration. We got an over, an over, and an over on the frogs. Count them up! Now we turn our attention to Texas Tech. Oh, boy. Great first season for Joey McGuire. The vibes are tremendous. The, the talent on this roster, especially on the offensive side, is, is going to be you know among the best in the entire conference. Uh, they've got a schedule, though, that does open up at Wyoming, where... Oh, come on. It's going to be windy in Laramie. 
I mean, come on, Texas Tech. How are you going to throw the ball when the wind's whipping like that out in Laramie? Come on. All right. Uh, then they return back home, opening up the home schedule against Oregon, uh, Tarleton State after that little bit of a break. Then at West Virginia, Houston at home, at Baylor, Kansas State at home, at BYU. Yes, this is another team with eight straight games without an off week. Off on the 28th, back in action against TCU at home, then at Kansas, UCF at home, then at Texas. So as we are looking at a win total of seven and a half, a little bit more even pricing here. Wade, first word, what do we like? Love it. Love the over. I love Texas Tech. I was over on them last year, and they beat Texas in overtime, I think, and I was like, this one's done. Um, Dude. I think so. Few things. One, I like the schedule, even though I know it's eight straight weeks. I love that they get Oregon at home. Um, I don't know what the spread of that game is yet. It's probably out, but I would not make them anything less than a touchdown. Um, so I think they'll start at worst two and one. I hate that they get West Virginia at West Virginia, but I am very bullish on Neil Brown is not going to make it to November. So I think they win that game. Houston, I don't think it's going to be good. Um, they, the game at Baylor is concerning than Kansas State, but I love that, uh, you know, I, I, dude, I just think the talent level. And then um, they get Central Florida towards the end of the season. And so I like uh, – we'll talk about this later with Oklahoma State too, but I like anybody getting one of the people moving up in conference. We, we at Louisville did that, and we could see the attrition in it. Um, I, just, I, just think this game, I just think this team's a good team. And uh, but I'll ask you later what the ticket is for them to win the Big 12, because I think you should have action on that as well. I am going under here. Um, and I respect all the points that Wade made. A couple things I don't like. As somebody who still feels a little bit jet lagged over this week's travel, uh, and granted, I'm not flying private. Tess just called me. So maybe maybe he's calling me like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to fly cover three private from now on. No, um, yeah, probably not. <laughs> This is a lot of travel, right? A lot of long travel. They go at Wyoming, at West Virginia, at Baylor, which obviously is not that far away, uh, you know, from Lubbock to, to Waco, but at BYU, at Kansas, and then finishing at Texas. Like that's a lot of miles, man. This is kind of like a Seattle Mariners baseball type travel travel schedule where you look it up, like, oh, the Mariners fly like seven thousand miles more than anybody else does over the course of the season. You know, it, it's a couple more more cross country flights. I, they're not going to lose to Wyoming. Um, I do think Oregon is a better quality of player than they do. And like that's going to be a war for sure. But like at West Virginia, I, I don't think that team is is quitting on Brown, at least not that early in the year. And like I think almost your entire handicap for this team comes down to do you buy the idea that they would lose a top 10 pick and still get better on defense? Because some of the guys who cover the team really believe that they are better on defense this year and i'm like they were pretty bad last year so it, i mean i had them in, in like the 90s i thought their defense was all smoke and mirrors maybe they can improve on that with continuity I, i'll buy that argument the offense is still good like do you have like are they just like good college guys who are pretty experienced or do, they, do they have a lot of like next level type dudes I, i'm not fully sold on that mcguire's good coach i think i think uh, kitley the oc is a really good coach yeah but I, I, I'm more comfortable with, with an under seven and a half, especially because I already went over slightly on TCU and Kansas State. So, like, and these teams do all play each other. This one feels very fair 
Um, I, I'm not necessarily, I'm my, my pick here for the show. Uh, I've got this one as a, a lean to the under. I think that, you know, even though I believe Texas tech will beat Wyoming, that doesn't mean it's not going to be somewhat tricky. And the fact that it's at BYU and we talked a little bit about that with BYU, but that is at BYU in Provo as the eighth straight game. Like if, when the physicality that we expect the Cougars to bring is going to absolutely pop its head up here. In the home road split, they end up on the wrong end of that. I mean, they've got six true road games. Wade's Louisville Cardinals have three true road games. Texas Tech has six true road games on this schedule. It's, I mean, it's almost the reverse Oklahoma, where I looked at Oklahoma's roster and depth chart, and I was like, I don't know. And then I looked at the schedule, and I found myself changing my tune in terms of a win total. I look at Texas Tech, and I think about what they are going to be every single Saturday, and I'm super excited. But I'm on, I'm on the under here just because I think it's a, a little bit tough just the way everything unfolds. Can I, can I, I want to add two things here. Uh, one is that Texas Tech played with optimal strategy on fourth downs last year. But it's similar to blackjack. Like you can play optimally and you, you can increase your bet size when the count is in your favor, right? Like you, you make no errors. And they were one of the high, like I know about my friend Bill Connolly had a piece that they had like the most points added for making correct decisions on fourth down. But they were also probably unsustainably good in those fourth downs. Like you can make the correct choice to go for it. Like your process is good. They were like great process, but also great result. And having great process is definitely repeatable. Having those great results from that, I'm not sure is that repeatable again. I mean, they won four games, I think, basically because of what they did on fourth down, which is awesome. Texas and I think for sure. The, the, yeah, like, Joey McGuire outcoaching Sarkeesian is like, that was right there. We should have known immediately what it was going to be. Yes, 100%. I think, like, I, okay, the other thing, question I have here, almost everybody we know who covers the Big 12 is all over this team as like the, the, like the sleeper to, to win the league and, and thinks it's really damn good. And I, like, I don't live in Big 12 country, so this one kind of, I'm a little uneasy when like guys I, I read in the Big 12 Damn, they all like this this Red Raider team. So well, on your, oh, go ahead. to add to add to counterpoint, one, it's year two, right? Yeah. Of Joey McGuire. I think he's a phenomenal coach. And I can't remember if I said this when I first spoke. I saw an interview with him where he said he thinks this team is 13 and a half points better than last year's team. And I also think that I'll find the article and I'll No, I'll no, no. I'm not doubting your Okay. I, I was um, just because I will say power. Would, if wise, you give me 13 and a half on last year's team, I'm betting my house on the 2022 Red Raiders. Yeah. yeah. And like, but power ratings wise, they do check out in a lot of power ratings as like the third or fourth team in the Big 12. And then the, uh, the other aspect of it um, that I, I love is uh, um, the way the first few games uh, start out. I, I, th- I think they can beat Oregon at home. And then. Um, you know, I, I know it's a lot of travel, but dude, these guys are all 18 to 22 years old. Like, how much does that really affect them? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think they are loaded with talent, and um, I think they have that belief that we talked about. And as a Western Kentucky Hilltopper, I watched that Kitley offense. And I watched Texas Tech last year, and, I, dude, I just I, – oh, sorry, the, the last point I wanted to make. I feel like they've been hitting NIL like Louisville has. Um, oh, like the investment there is legit. That's for yeah, sure. And I think they brought in some good transfers. So, 
That's why I like uh, it. Twelve to one's best I could find right on on the the U.S. books uh, for uh, for them to win the conference. That's worth a sprinkle. If you think they're beating Oregon, you, you need to be betting them to win the conference. Yeah, like th- that's that's a different level of team. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> Count them up. Yeah, we actually were two unders and an over. That was not a Latifa. All right, we turn our attention to the Baylor Bears, where man, Dave Aranda, always thoughtful. He's had some, he's had some regrets the way they handled things last year. You know, he's he does some. Uh, I love listening to him talk about coaching. He said he did a little bit of self scouting. You know, what, things he wished he had done a little bit different. I wonder if he was talking about the quarterback position. Hmm. We'll see. In terms of the 2023 schedule, Tom Fernelli has electricity. And Danny, what the hell happened? You look completely you want different. You want to generate? Tom, everything good? Yeah, well, I, I have electricity, which is a better situation than it was, what, 15 minutes ago. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom, this is Wade. Wade Hi, won Wade. the... Uh, Won, won the auction. We've got an auction going for the ACC right now if you want to jump on board. We're talking about the Baylor Bears, who have a win total at Caesar Sportsbook of six and a half. Pretty heavy juice here, so maybe uh, we'll discuss what, what you would like if it was 7-2. Opens with Texas State at home, then a visit from Utah at home, Long Island at home, Texas at home. Then they go to play Big 12 newcomer UCF on the 30th, and then back home, for Texas Tech. So that is five of your first six games all in the comfy confines of Waco, Texas. Off week on October 14th, back in action at Cincinnati, Iowa State at home, Houston at home, at Kansas State, at TCU, and West Virginia at home. Tommy, you you good? You, you want to get yeah. first word on this? What are sure. We doing? What are we doing with six and a half? We are cautiously taking the over. I, I don't have a ton of faith in this one. I feel like it's my my projections are six point eight wins. It's this is not it's not so much an overly difficult schedule. Like Utah as a non conference game is difficult, but at least that game is in Waco. Texas State and Long Island should be 30, 40 point wins. Getting Texas at home at least makes it more plausible that they can win that game. But as we went over in the first part of this show on Monday, we're all kind of high on Texas. I don't think Baylor's winning that game. UCF on the road will be tough. Texas Tech, I I caught you guys at the end there talking about the Red Raiders. I'm I'm with you, Chip and Bud. I'm on the under there. I think that is a, I think that's a winnable game for Baylor at home. And then after the bye, you know, things kind of lighten up quite a bit. Like, you know, Cincinnati on the road, Kansas State on the road, TCU on the road. It could be worse. It's not easy, but it could be worse as far as a road slate. And then those three home games against Iowa State, Houston, and West Virginia, and it's both, again, as we've talked about a lot, Houston and West Virginia at that point of the year could be interim coach, quit watch kind of situations. So it's it's not the overall highest confidence. I have skepticism about that offense. I have skepticism about the quarterback position and what they'll be able to do. As we saw last year, there were some problems there. But I do think that overall – Defensively, this team will be solid. And in this conference, Baylor is a team that I think is in that low second, high third tier where they're going to be competitive every week and they're going to get up. They're going to squeak some wins and they'll probably lose some games. They probably should win. So, again, I have them going bowling. I think they get to seven wins, but I am not overly, I'm not betting it. 
Uh, yeah, seven and five to me is the most likely outcome here. So I'll I'll go ahead and go over the six and a half uh, at the juice. It's not uh, it's yeah. not a bet for me. Um, there are some real concerns here. I, I I do think that Dave Aranda is a good coach, uh, but we say that about almost everybody in this league. Like mm-hmm. who, who's a, who is legitimately a bad coach in this league? You, you might say Neil Brown, but then again, I thought he did an excellent job at Troy, and maybe just. Maybe it's a lot harder to win at West Virginia as, as they're sort of a you know take the check take the losses type team. I mean, we, it's, we can ask Wade how, how much easier it was to be, you know to win ball games in uh in the in, in back, back when they were uh, in the Big East, right? Wade, like yeah. Wade, what do you have against Cincinnati's coach? <laughs> Second and eight, we're going to do a stretch run to the left. You saw that coming. Mm. Hey, you yeah. should listen. We. No buyouts and no bad feelings. Oh, okay? no, dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he left and he opened yeah. the door for what needed to happen. Made it yeah. a lot easier on everybody. No, no we, don't we, go. we all tip the hat and say thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, Wade, what um, are you doing with Taylor? Oh, sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off. No, uh, I just I don't want to just say the same thing as Tom said. Uh, I, I am concerned about their O line. That, that is quite a bit. Yeah. And I know, I know their OC came from BYU. And so I think there's at least some level of like four expectation when you take players from where you came from that, that you at least know what you're getting there and he took the the, uh, the Barrington brothers but they did lose like a lot on the O-line and I mean Siaka Aika the the, the the D tackle there was massive and now he's he's gone but the the schedule's kind of friendly I'd rather get Utah early than late this year uh, well I guess in a year and they, they do only have four road games so and, and they get they get most of the new teams right no BYU, mm-hmm. but oh, they yeah, get no, UCF, it, they get Sensi, they get Houston. Four bottom six teams, the yeah. way that I look yeah. at it, and it's all sort of in that back stretch where you lose the two road games against quality opponents, sure, but you're probably going to win those other four. Like I, and, and you mentioned Utah early rather than late. Also, Utah anywhere other than Rice Eccles Stadium, please. You know, being able to get Utah early and on the roads a good opportunity. I'm, I am very uncomfortable about how comfortable I am with the over if that makes sense like I I'm I'm a yuck but I I see this one as a pretty strong over to the point where if it moves to seven I might still tell you to take the over but offensive line is a very strong concern I I didn't have that in my notes but I I would agree with that that you need to really be betting on Jeff Grimes to do his like Jeff Grimes we're gonna build a good old big offensive line and get out there and uh, establish something at the line of scrimmage because the personnel drain that they've had over the last two seasons is significant for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I was looking at the eight teams that were going to be on the show today, I was just like, dude, Baylor feels like it's right where it should be. Don't touch it. You know, I don't, I don't have anything dynamite to drop in other than, you know, I was, I literally was going to ask, I was like, they kept the offensive coordinator, right? I'm I'm still shocked. He hasn't new DC different OC. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think Baylor at six and a half is right where it should be. I'm not going to waste anybody's time giving any analysis. Hey, we don't call it the push podcast. You going over? We're going on. Oh, no. For the graphic. Because of Utah, Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas State, and TCU both being on the road. I know those other games aren't, but because yeah. they have those five teams and I think all those Eileen loss, I'm going to go under. All right. Coming up on the other side, we keep it rolling with Oklahoma State, Kansas, Iowa State. And man, a lot of us have chalked up a West Virginia game to a loss. So what's their win total going to look like? That and more next.
How many games are going to win this fall? Is the question for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Caesar Sportsbook right now having a win total of a round six wins. Heavily juiced to the over, though. Schedule opens up. Central Arkansas at home. And then it's a trip to the desert to go play Kenny Dillingham and Arizona State. Then back home for South Alabama. Quality, quality Sunbelt team. Uh, then at Iowa State before a break on September 30th. Back in action against Kansas State on a Friday night at home. Then Kansas at home at West Virginia. Then Cincinnati at home. Then Bedlam, Oklahoma at home. Followed by at UCF at Houston. And then BYU at home. But you recently hinted at some Oklahoma State optimism. And I can't tell if that was like in response to the market or overwhelming negativity, or do you see something in this roster or this schedule that you really like? What are you doing with the Cowboys? Yeah, I just think that uh, that pretty damn confident they make a bowl unless things have really fallen apart internally. Uh, I think that some of the transfer losses that they lost may be overstated in impact, and Gundy has done a pretty good job with some of the mining of the small schools, uh, much like he has done in his career. With, with he's kind of obsessed with like going and finding coordinators and stuff for, from some of these FCS or or Juco. even D two, yeah, exactly, like D two programs, JUCO, uh, what what have you. Um, like they lose Mason Cobb, but they get Justin Wright for, from from Tulsa, and like Mason Cobb's a better player, but I don't think it's it's an enormous downgrade. They couldn't stay healthy last year at quarterback. Uh, they go and they get Alan Bowman from Michigan, which can't believe I'm touting Alan Bowman here. But I, when stuff doesn't make sense, I try to figure out like maybe like learn information until it does make sense to me. And my guess here is that Mike Gundy talked to Jim Harbaugh, and it's a total guess. I'm speculating, and Harbaugh's like, actually, this kid can really play, and you you, you should take him. Right? Somebody saw something in him at one point, and then. Didn't he get an injury at Michigan, like like a weird one or something? Like, like I thought he got knocked out or, or he had like a collapsed weird. lung when he was at Texas Tech. Yeah, I thought he had something too. Uh, from is, is that the guy that got hit in the head by the punt? I basically I I think that that Bowman uh is better than people think. I don't think Gundy has completely forgotten how to coach. Um, I don't think they're going to win the league. I did bet them to win the league at sixty to one. That got knocked down uh, since then. But I, their path is pretty pretty enticing you get central arkansas you go to arizona state uh kenny dillingham who i like is the first time head coach you host south alabama look i like south alabama but i mean i, I don't think south alabama come is on him. and at iowa state wait how many games i list there four or they should be if, four and oh at that point if iowa state has suspensions they could be one game they could be a whole season they could be uh four games that's the fourth ball game. So you get Iowa State as one of your road games, potentially with some Iowa State suspensions here. At West Virginia is not easy. Their other travel is at UCF and at Houston, which is a team without a whole lot of depth. You get very winnable games at home, Kansas, Cincinnati, BYU. Oklahoma at home is not easy, but like, I mean, we don't know if Venables can coach yet, so we'll see. I, I have this team winning like 7.3. So I, I am over here, and I think there is a real chance that they go to the Big 12 title game. Uh, not, not likely, but I think it's more likely than 60-1. to one. Uh, And then at that point, I will be hedging because I don't think they're like a big 12-quality team. It's just kind of path and, 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 and schedule. 
So um, as a fan that listens to the show a lot, I hear like the, I got them at 7.2 and my power numbers are this, my power numbers are that. Sometimes I think it's a little overcomplicated. I look at the first three games and it's like, dude, they're winning those three games. And then you're telling me I get a bet on Mike Gundy to go four and five in conference and I'm over like, this is, this is an easy over. And dude, like for me, uh, when I'm, when I'm looking at the schedule, it's like, I've got central Florida, Houston and BYU all moving up. BYU, I think has played big boy schedules for the last 10 years, but like, Hey, central Florida, you don't get Navy and army. And, you know, I know Tulane had a good year last year, but like, you know, you've got a full schedule. We watched that at Louisville, what the attrition does when you move to a power five conference. I think it's an awesome schedule if you're an Oklahoma state fan and I've been seeing it at six and a half. So knowing that it's six, I don't think, yeah. knock on wood, famous last words. I don't think you can lose this bet. I love Oklahoma state over. Oh, Wade's going to mush me. Oh no, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so no. So, but don't worry. I like, I'm that, I'm that right. guy in the friends group where when I say it, it typically happens. So don't worry. Dude. Like we're good. I, I will not just say that I would bet this. I will say I already have bet this. I'm yeah, very over. much on the over for Oklahoma State. No. I have Oklahoma State more likely winning eight games than six. So I, I, I lo- we talked about it. Like I'm with you guys. They're going three and zero in non-con. I think they're beating Iowa State on the road more often than not. So there is a very good shot they're going into their bye at the end of September at four and zero, only needing two wins to push. And you look at this schedule. After the bye, they get Kansas State and Kansas at home. At home for both of those games is a good thing for Oklahoma State. West Virginia on the road, a very winnable game. And we talked about Oklahoma State getting three of the four new teams. Or, I'm sorry, not Baylor getting three of the four new teams. Oklahoma gets all four of them. They've got Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU. And they finish with UCF, Houston, and BYU at the very end. Like, I think this team is going to win eight games. I'm much higher on Oklahoma State than the market is right now. I, I see Wade and Bud seem to agree with me on this one. I have no idea why the total is this low. So go pokes. Well, and then dude, it's, back it's to Bowman. Terrible. Like back to Bowman. It's like, dude, it's Mike Gundy with a quarterback that's got an arm. Like that's all I need to know. Like that, I trust Gundy to put out a good quarterback. And a power rating is going to look at returning production, and there's a lot of ret- production from last season that's not going to be there. I mean, there's like one of their top eight pass catchers is mm-hmm. back from last year, and of on the defensive side of the ball. Tons of tackles, tons of sacks and tackles for loss are all gone. But man, the schedule's so easy. I'm on yes. the over. I like like clean, clean sweep here. I don't it, it, it's not just the four newbies, Tom. It's the four newbies and West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Like that is the that is one of the most favorable draws that I think that we have in the entire Big 12. And uh and I I I, I wait, I'm so happy, you know, as the minister of vibes over here that you came in and said, don't overcomplicate this with your 7.2 and your 6.8. Look at this. I'm asking Mike Gundy to go four and five in big 12 play. Guy puts his boots on, hunts a couple rattlesnakes and goes five and four or four and five in big 12 play every single season. Yep. Let's go clean sweep. Count them up. Up next, we turn our attention to the Kansas Jayhawks. Amazing year. We saw it coming. We told y'all it was coming as everything got going at the end of year one with Lance Leipold. They were, they were playing hard. They were dialed in. 
And then the jump finally happened. Jayhawks returning to a bowl game last season behind the electric quarterback Jalen Daniels. This year, now we've got some you know actual expectations. Win total at six at Caesar Sportsbook, minus 115 each way. Open the season on the Thursday night of week one against Missouri State, then Illinois at home in Lawrence, then at Nevada, BYU home at Texas, UCF at home, and then at Oklahoma State before got their off week on October 21st. Back in action with Oklahoma at home, at Iowa State, Texas Tech at home, Kansas State at home, and then at Cincinnati to close. Wade, are we going to see the Jayhawks back in a bowl game in 2023? What's the number? Six. Six. No. No. It's, it's either a push or it's under. I'm going under. I mean, I think this is an overreaction to a miracle year. Um, you know, I, I look at the schedule again, and one, I think they're losing at home to Illinois. Uh, not, not to make you feel good about yourself, Tom. I'm but pander to Tom. I mean, dude, you literally have a first-round defensive line. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary what you have on the interior. And I think the way Kansas beat people is, you know, with uh, – you know, phenomenal coach, and I love Leopold. We bet on, we bet the over last year, um, but I think it's an overreaction. And the way the run game, the way Kansas uses it, I think Illinois crushes that. So I think they start two and one. I think BYU can beat them. Um, you know, BYU is built for teams like Kansas, and then I think they'll finally lose to Texas, right? Um, and then after that, I think they lose to Oklahoma State. Um, and I think they lose to Texas Tech, Kansas State, and they get Iowa State at Iowa State, which is, you know, Kansas needs that game to be at home. So I, it's under. Yeah, I, I'm under here. Not as hard. Like, so I, I did bet the under six and a half when, when, when this came out, right? I, I thought that six was more likely than seven. I do think that five is more likely than seven. This is not the push podcast, but I think six is to me is probably the most likely outcome. Like mm-hmm. I think Lance is a really good coach. I think some of the power ratings are baking in if they use like a, a three year moving average. I think they're probably baking in 20 and 21 too hard. Uh, but like Kansas was pretty good in close games last year at times. Uh, and then they also had some really bad field goal kicking stuff, too. So that may get a little bit better this year. What really scares me about this team and what what, what sticks in my head the offense should still be really, really strong. Yeah. I think they might be like really, really bad at the end. And if you can't rush the passer, I see some problems on this schedule for you. Right. Like, like, I mean, you could lose if you can't rush the passer at all and they won't do this, but like, Oh, and nine in the big 12 is on the table. Right. Like you, you could lose every single game. Um, well, every game's a toss. Like that yeah. was what I was looking at. Is like you know when I do the my weighted certified wins, yeah, certified losses and the toss ups, and you know you, you put in the Missouri State and you put in the Nevada, and I'm like, that's all that I can confidently say because even teams that I think are worse than Kansas, those games are going to be on the road. I mean, it's it's a pretty tough schedule. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm totally with you no, there. That, like, you can't show up. Score, though. Like they'll score a bunch because like it, it's it's a super experienced offense. It's a really well coached offense. I'm sure like they didn't have to go over the basics very much in spring. They're probably putting in a ton of stuff. You play Kansas all of a sudden. Oh look, this guy's running wide ass open in our secondary again. Like that's concerning. I just don't know if I mean ta- ta- 
defense to me is more talent than coaching, and I don't know they got the guys. This is the coin flippiest of coin flips to me. I am my actual play here is a push. I have Kansas projected genuinely at 6.1 wins. So when I say I have a slight push towards the over, it is just like this much of a push towards the over. I think that Illinois game decides the entire thing. Like if they can win that game, I think they can get over because I think they'll do pretty well in the Big 12. But my problem with that Illinois game is it reminds me exactly of what we saw last year. Illinois opened the season at home against Wyoming on a Saturday, then went on the road and played Indiana on a short week on a Friday night. In, Illinois opens the road or opens the season this year at home against Toledo, who's better than Wyoming, and then is heading to Kansas to play the Jayhawks on the road on a short week on a Friday night. And I think that that Kansas offense is going to be good. And you just mentioned it, but they do a really good job of getting guys open. As awesome as Illinois' defensive line is going to be, they have a very inexperienced secondary. Everybody from that unit is gone. So in the second week of the year against that Kansas offense, I feel like that could be a problem for the Illini defense. That it could turn into a shootout. And I don't know if Illinois is really equipped yet to be winning in a shootout like that. So I do think Kansas is the favorite in that game. So I, I give them the slight edge there. And that's why I'm giving them, I guess, a slight over. But I this is a push. They're going 6-6. Six and six, And they'll be thrilled to be 6-6 six and six in bowling. Yeah, and it'll be... It'll be that um, Bud has mentioned on here that there is like some math that backs up the idea that all five and a halfs you bet to the over just because of the, you know, intangibles. Like what's the likelihood they're going to be able to get it to a sixth win and they'll probably figure out a way to get to a sixth win. I don't think they get to a seventh. So I'm slight, slightly to the under on this one. How many kids are going to win this fall? I just saw six and a half is still available, and I feel very comfortable betting that under. Yeah, you got to lay, what, minus 50? But, yeah. Yep. All right, so the Iowa State Cyclones. We have discussed this. We have referenced this. There are players uh, who are reportedly involved in a sports gambling investigation. There are players who did not make it to Big 12 Media Days. I was actually speaking with someone today to brush up on the potential – uh, punishments that could be out there. And like Bud has mentioned, we could be talking about four games. We could be talking about half a season. We could be talking about a whole season. Uh, we probably won't even know till week one. Week one, the opponent is Northern Iowa at home. Then we get the Cyhawk as this game will be in Ames, Iowa at home. Then at Ohio, Oklahoma State at home, at Oklahoma, TCU at home, at Cincinnati, off on October 21st. Back in action for the final five games at Baylor, Kansas at home, at BYU, Texas at Kansas State. Uh, Tom, what are we doing with this one? Staying the hell away from it. Like, I, this is that is my official advice because there is the looming specter of the possible suspensions that really complicate everything. Just if I eliminate all that and do Iowa State at quote unquote full strength, again, it's a push with a very slight edge towards the over because it's just I I don't I, I don't think they're as bad as they were last year nor do I think they're as good as they were the few years before but I just think I look at the situation and we can talk about the suspensions obviously if they're hit with a bunch of suspensions that's going to crush them so if you want to bet on that taking the under I think makes a ton of sense but like you look at that game that second week against Iowa Iowa could have suspensions let's not overlook the fact that oh, Noah Iowa Shannon, and Iowa State 
Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Noah Shannon is not at Big Ten Media Days this week because he's currently one of those athletes at Iowa under investigation for possible, you know, for sports gambling. And maybe he ends up getting suspended. Maybe other Hawkeyes end up getting suspended. I don't know. So, again, when I go through this schedule, there's so much in the air that is unknown that I'm not going to make an official play. But just in a vacuum, I think they're two and one at best in their non-con because even if they beat Iowa at Ohio is not going to be a pushover. The Bobcats, you know, Ohio is a wagon. Um, Oklahoma state at home and eh, Oklahoma on the road, probable loss. TCU at home is tough. Cincinnati on the road should be a win. Baylor on the road. I've got them losing. They can win. They can beat Kansas at home They're I don't think they're going to beat BYU on the road. They're not going to beat Texas. Although beating Texas wouldn't be a surprise for Iowa state. It's just kind of what they do sometimes. And then Kansas state on the road. So like every game I look at for the most part is a coin flip. So, again, I really don't have any strong feelings on any of this. Yeah, this is a five and a half. Um, I, th- I don't forgot if I introduced that. And then uh, the quarterback is Hunter Deckers, who, you know, we also got uh, freshman J.J. Cole also in that room. And, you know, we got to see we got to see what Matt Campbell's going to be able to do at the quarterback position. I I found myself being too generous with my toss ups in my win loss toss up analysis. And so I was like, all right. Let's let's be realistic as we go through and reevaluate the toss-ups. Like when I'm calling, uh, you know, Iowa State uh, against Oklahoma State a toss-up, I'm I'm probably being a little bit too generous there. When I'm when I'm doing that uh, and saying the TCU game is a toss-up, I'm probably being a little too generous there. Even though both of those games are in Ames, I think five and seven looks very likely here. I'm on the under. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to lean under, especially if they're going to be barraged with a bunch of suspensions because I mean they dude they could be one and two or oh and three uh having Oklahoma State come in if they're if they're hammering with suspensions because because Tom we know Ohio covers that's what they do. <laughs> that's damn yes, right. They're a wagon. Um so you know and, and the other thing is when you like look at the state of a program, I sit there and look at Iowa State and I look at Matt Campbell and I'm like, dude, is this just like the guy that was at North Texas, Latrell? Where it's like, buddy, you needed to cash in two seasons ago. And he did cash in though. He got a big contract. I mean, but yeah, as far as job jumping, I Yeah. You know, and I mean, but the flip side of that is you bet on Campbell when they're underrated and you fuck you you fade him when they're overrated. So, you know, uh it, it this feels like this is where Matt Campbell could duct tape it together and put together a six and six if it's five and a half. So I think it's a stay away. Uh, but for the show, I think you got to go under. I, I bet under six uh, at like I think t- minus 10. I bet under five and a half at plus 125. Uh, it's now minus 130. I mean, it's a 55 cent move. So like a, a lot of the value there on, on the five and a half is gone. Um, I'm still going to take under for the show. I, I look, I, I think Iowa's a better team than them at full strength. Yes. If they both have suspensions. I anticipate that Iowa State suspensions are worse. The guys who they didn't bring to to media day scare me. Like, like these are not the guys I would have brought. I mean, TJ Tampa's yeah. a good player, but like, you don't bring the quarterback. You don't bring like your best D lineman, your best O lineman. You lose. I mean, uh, you lose Hutchinson, who had a hundred and sixty three targets. Yeah. That's more than their next three guys combined. Well, and Jalen Noel is, around more. Dude, Jalen Noel is the guy that they're hyping. He had an 11.5% drop rate last year, which is like 
unfathomably bad. Uh, not not a dependable target. There's not a lot of evidence that Matt Canada's teams play good offense, right? Like we give Iowa Matt a Canada. lot of crap for not. Excuse me. Yes, Matt Canada. But Matt Canada criticisms probably stick to. Yeah. Right? <laughs> one one million percent. I, like, look, Sorry we give Iowa. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm glad because like we would have clipped that and it would have been terrible. I mean, where's the evidence they can play good offense? I I haven't really seen it, so I'm gonna go under. I, I just it's hard to overachieve your talent level that many years in a row, and they did lose some like like X Man was really really good. Well, McDonald is a player that Iowa State typically doesn't have a guy like that. And, yeah, and yeah, and a lot of the Matt Campbell success. A lot of the Matt Campbell success is when he had NFL running backs, legitimate yep. NFL running backs that were out there being player. able to keep things steady. But like, I, 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 Michigan fans are going to crap all over me for this. I don't want senior running backs. If you're really that good, you would have gone pro yep. at running back to me. Like, sorry. And then, Chip, though, how funny would it be? Texas rolls into Ames against a three and seven Iowa oh. State. And then all of a sudden just lays that it lays that Iowa State egg. Dude, it just it, it has all the makings. It has all the makings of Sark just rocking. <laughs> and then just going in to terrible weather, rain in a muddy field in Iowa State, and just having the bottom fall out. Oh, that's that would be the like that would be the game where here Steve Sarkeesian in his tenth year has never had a 10 win season, and it's because of games like that. Yep. It's because like at least once a year you're gonna go and you're gonna lay an egg. All right. So, all right. So I'm on. Is everybody on the under here for the yes. show? Yeah. All right. Cool. Count them up. Oh. Neil Brown. Neil Brown. Not a lot of obvious hot seat candidates in college football this year when you're doing your hot seat column. But Neil Brown is pretty much at the consensus at the top of all of these. So what does that mean for their win total? What does it mean for the West Virginia Mountaineers on the field as their win total at Caesar Sportsbook is currently set at minus five and a half, heavily juiced to the under? Well, they open at Penn State. Then they get, get their home opener against Duquesne. Pitt comes to town. Loving the rivalry, obviously. Then Texas Tech at home at TCU off on October 7th. Back in action at Houston, Oklahoma State at home, at UCF, BYU at home, at Oklahoma, Cincinnati at home, at Baylor, West Virginia Mountaineers, five and a half or five. I mean, what's where where do we think this ends for the Mountaineers? Can I go? Oh, yeah, yeah, go away. You can go. Dude, under. Under. <laughs> I, I, here's the thing. I mean, I know West Virginia is a tough place to play, but – uh, we've done it many times when we were in the Big East with Louisville. Uh, those fans will turn on Neil Brown in a hurry. And, I mean, dude, they're going to go and get blasted by Penn State. They'll beat Duquesne. And then I think Jerkovich will still be healthy because it's only week three for Pitt. So I think Pitt goes in there and beats them. I yeah. think Texas Tech does. Then they go to TCU. I mean, dude, I if you can bet on it, if there's a market for it, I would bet on Neil Brown being fired in the off week. Like that, that's how I feel about West Virginia coming into this year. I think they start one and four. And then, you know, after that, uh, they're, they're not going to win at Baylor or at Oklahoma. Um, they'll lose to Oklahoma state. I mean, I, you know, this, this feels like three and nine, four and eight all day. 
That's what I got. Give me, give me three and nine. Let's go exact win total three at the super plus money. I think Duquesne is the only certified win. I think that Penn State, Pitt, Texas Tech, TCU, even at UCF, at Baylor, and at Oklahoma are all certified losses. This team is not getting to a bowl game. Three and nine, four and eight. Like it is, this, this is one of the, my best bets for the Big 12. And it feels mean. So I don't love to say it because I'm just out here like, yeah, they're going to stink. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, this, is, this is the worst team in the conference. Uh, I'm going under. I'm I'm on the under, but I don't think it's the worst team in the conference. Like I, I I know there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical about this team. And again, if Neil Brown is fired, and I think we kind of all think there's a very real, highly good shot of that being happening, the bottom could fall out, and they could very much just kind of you know limp to the finish line. But I do think this is like a five win team. I'm on the under. I don't think they're going to be three and nine or two and ten. I think that there are winnable games. I think they could beat Duquesne. I think they could beat Texas Tech at home. I think they could beat Oklahoma State at home. I think they could beat BYU at home. I think they could beat Cincinnati at home. So I don't think this is going to be a putrid, terrible team. I just think that it's a very difficult situation. And if they do get off to a slow start, things could snowball. And with a non-conference schedule that includes at Penn State and Pitt, there's a pretty decent chance they could get off to a slow start in non-con, so under. Yeah, the, the slow start definitely scares me here. Um, I think their passing game might might really suck, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball okay. Honestly. All right, so like, all like, right, like, CJ like, Donaldson running the ball like I'm okay. I'm pretty, I'll, I'll back sure. bottom tier, bottom tier. Maybe not the no, not no, no. You're on teams. wax. Worst team in the league. You're on the worst team in the league, and I don't think so. Like, yeah. um, right. I actually, I, I do have them favored against Cincinnati and BYU. Uh, you know, like they, and those are both in Morgantown. You get Texas Tech to come to town. You get Oklahoma State to come to town, but. I'm still on the under here uh, because I don't think they can throw the ball well enough. I am concerned about what they lost on the defensive line uh, re- repeatedly. I mean, and you lost guys to the NFL. You lost guys in the last few years who are playing on other teams in, in, in college and playing well. Like that, they lost Mesador to uh, to Miami last year, and he you know he wasn't great. They're very happy with him per their, their early returns at AC Media, and he he is expected, I believe, to start for them. So or at least play a lot. And I'm I'm very interested to see how this goes. Like I, I, I like some of their linebackers and the secondary is rebuilt, let's put it charitably. So maybe they are better on defense than, than I think. I dealt I don't think they're the worst team in the league, but I, I do think uh that they will miss a ball. Under, 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 and I got a little too tipsy on the moonshine and I Place them below Cincinnati. That was my fault, West Virginia. That was disrespectful. You should not be 14. But your bottom tier, not far from it. All right. Just saying, so they the big- got guns. You need to be careful what you say about West Virginia. Dude, like, yeah. Dude, up in Morgantown. You trust me. You got to be careful in Morgantown at all times. <laughs> it gets rough. <laughs> we will be back Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, we got a couple news headlines that have been building up through the week, including four-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh as a result of that NCAA investigation. Um, We've got an interesting staff addition for Brett Bielema and the Fighting Illini. 
Uh, and of course, uh, just sort of the headlines and takeaways from here in Charlotte at ACC Media Days. So come hang out with us Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 Thank you, Wade, for your charitable contribution to Thank the St. Louis Children's Hospital. Uh, we loved having you hang out here on the Big 12 Win Totals pod. There is an auction going right now. If you would like to come hang out and talk ACC on October, oh, not October, August the 2nd uh, for that ACC win totals pod. So go ahead and hit that up. Get involved in that auction if interested. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.